give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is good, NBA draft fans? We're back with another episode of On the Clock. Mm. This time, we're hitting the Detroit Pistons. Albert, do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Detroit basketball. Let's go. Let's go. go. So episode one, we called this a mini-sode, right? And we said we were going to workshop it. My boy, one of my dearest friends, Joe Ragasta, was listening. Uh, you might know him from the hit punk rock group, Patent Pending. You will soon know him from the hit group, Ya Boys. He recommended that we call these Fast Breakdowns. Oh. So this is uh, episode two on the clock. It is a Fast Breakdown episode for the Detroit Pistons, where the Draft Act podcast will break down which picks are the best fit for each team in the NBA um, based on their current roster construction or when we're this close to the top, just straight up talent sometimes. But we're going to do a little bit of both. So the Detroit Pistons have, and this is all pre-lottery, so you know things are going to get shaken up a little bit, shook up a little bit. Right now, currently slotted with the number two pick. Uh, I think that's their only first round pick. So this will be a little bit easier. And as always, yes, Cade is the best fit. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best fit on the Pistons. He would slide in so nicely next to Killian Hayes, Dennis Smith Jr., Josh Jackson, Jeremy Grant. Uh, No, but in all seriousness, the Pistons did do well last year in the draft, right? Beef Stew has has looked legit, and a lot of people really slept on Isaiah Stewart um, in the draft. I think that going to Washington and sitting in a 2-3 zone didn't help you know, his, <laughs> his draft stock too much. I, I think that if you're a big man and – you want to play in the NBA and you got offers to go to D one schools. And one of those D one schools plays a two, three zone. And one of the, the schools doesn't, and you want to help your draft stock, probably go to the school that doesn't play, you know, sitting at two, three, because NBA teams are going to want to see you step out on the perimeter and guard on switches. They're going to see how you, you know, rotate in help and, you know, protect the rim, all that stuff. Uh, and, I don't think Isaiah Stewart got to show off how well he was able to do that stuff, but shout out to him because really great pick. They got Sadiq Bay, Villanova guy, Villanova guy, Villanova always near and dear to my heart. Grew up summer after summer after summer, go into that camp, starting the Steve Lapis basketball camp, turn into the Jay Wright basketball camp. Always an amazing time. First dorm experience. So shout out Sadiq Bay. And Killian Hayes, we'll see. We'll see with him, right? I was never too too high on uh, Killian Hayes. We had to have, when, when you had me on last year, 
we had to have touched on on Killian um, because you know he was a guy the Knicks were potentially looking at. But I was, you know, I was like, I like Killian Hayes. Uh, I think I had him seventh on my board. He reminded me a lot of a guy like Goran Dragic, and like that's what I thought. Like you know, and Goran was a, a, a great player, great playoff performer, a lot of success, but never a guy that you're like surefire all star. Let's get make this guy a number one pick, right? And I think that NBA teams were kind of aligned because you know Killian dropped a little bit further than I think draft Twitter had expected him to. But I think he's you know as much as he struggled this year and he really did. Mm-hmm. I do think in some you know the the limited minutes he played, he did show some of the stuff that he's good at with the the passing and the vision and and all of that. So mm. don't give up hope on Killian Hayes, mm. but. Detroit's got something going with Sadiq Bay and Beef Stew and Julia Locafor. No. Um, <laughs> and the number two pick, or at least one of these top guys. So uh, outside of Cade Cunningham, Albert, mm-hmm. if you were the Detroit Pistons, you're on the clock. Who are you taking? Who is like the number one guy that you think the Detroit Pistons should select here? Well, Corey, I did want to kind of piggyback off what you were talking about, just going over the roster. Um, a couple of names that stuck out to me this year, Saban Lee. I feel I feel like mm. he showed some stuff, you know, yeah. like obviously not a great shooter, but, you know, inside the three-point line, there was a light to like there. Um, some sauce to his game that I actually really, really enjoyed. Um, this is really random, but when we were going over the G League guys, there was a game that um, the G League Ignite, they were playing against the um, Iowa Wolves. And that fool Tyler Cook was like going off and had like 1,900 dunks in a game. And so just wanted <laughs> to mention that. Um, but also, yeah, like Sekou Dumbia was like their like big young guy two years yeah. ago. And now no one's talking about him. Um, it's really sad to me what's happened to Dennis Smith Jr. and his career. And it seems like just teams are just going to be done with him pretty soon. Yeah. Um, Josh Jackson never amounted to Oh, I did want to mention. Hamidou Diallo, Hami, Hamdi, right? Hamidou Diallo. Yeah, Hamidou Diallo. Queens guy, right? Yes, sir. From where we're from. He's a Queens guy. Um, I actually liked him this year. I thought he was doing some stuff for he was. Thunder. And then he got to Detroit and he was showing some stuff. Like he, he's a big bodied, really athletic wing. And if he can keep working on the jump shot, who knows? Like he's a really good athlete. And I liked him this year. Yeah. But um, okay, second pick of the draft. I think if you're the GM of the Pistons, you have to look at, I mean, if you're a responsible GM, you have to look at Evan Mobley. Um, sure. I, I don't think there are any fit issues at all with this roster. Um, but also, you have to look at Jalen Green. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's, you know, I, I think you have to look at Jalen Green here and be like, hey, you put Jalen Green next, next to Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant, and you just go, you know? And that's really exciting to me. And so if you're being a responsible GM, I think with the second pick in the draft, you could look at those two options. But then, then again, if you told me you're looking at Jalen Suggs too, I won't give you a weird look because I don't know. I could see Jalen Suggs playing next to Killian Hayes because Jalen Suggs is a freaking dog, and he could be a part of you know changing that culture in Detroit. So, whoa! Did you hear that? Freaking I did hear that. Part. That was serious. That mo- <laughs> that guy on the motorcycle in L.A. is. It's getting escape from LA, LA type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, for sure, dude. Like Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are my main guys that I'd be looking at there. And both, I think, would be great additions because we just went over a bunch of names on this roster. This is not like a jam-packed, super talented roster. 
you know? And so adding any elite type of talent to this roster will be Detroit taking the right step in the right direction. So I agree with, obviously those are the names, right? The, yeah. Where they're picking, those are the, the names to focus on. I think that you can't go wrong. However, I look at the names on the roster that we mentioned. And Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, if you want to include him, because obviously I think that he's young enough that you can include him as part of their core, but also he's making a salary and proved to have a skill set that's going to be valuable around the league. So if they wanted to use him as somebody that they would trade to get assets that maybe fit their timeline better, I could see that too. But I look at those guys and I say, role players. Hmm. They need a star. They need a dog. Okay. So now what names do we do we have there, right? To me, that kind of takes away Evan Mobley. Hmm. I don't think Evan Mobley's an alpha. I had a scout text me because I was, you know, we were texting about Jalen Green. And I was like, yo, like I I don't want to make it seem like I'm not into Evan Mobley. But I don't get the Anthony Davis stuff. Was it right? a scout with Brian that texted you? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, he's banned from the internet. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Banned. Canceled. So Canceled. He's off somewhere, probably on like a QAnon message board, talking about how <laughs> how unfair... Uh, life is yeah uh no it was not although you know whose dms hasn't he slid into to uh make conversation and i was like anthony i'm not getting the anthony davis stuff i don't see the offense stuff like i see him being a good offensive player but i don't see like him being this number one option guy that people refer to when you think unicorn right and he's like yeah it's all theoretical with evan Mm. right like it's theoretical and like evans kind of like he's not a killer and like you saw that like there's a uh, you know a game that evan mobley played where what he didn't attempt a field goal <laughs> 31 minutes zero for zero that's fun you know like that's not what and, and look, he's a terrific prospect. If Detroit ends up with Evan Mobley, like you're going to love him. Because yeah. he does so many things that you love. And he's definitely a step in the right direction. But they need a star. They need a dog. And not just like a star, like, oh, who's the flashiest name that's gonna sell tickets? Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs both have a quality about them. Like mm. that that Killian Hayes does not, mm. you know, like they, they have this guy who, you know, you look at to maybe run your offense, but like Killian doesn't have the personality either where he's like, I'm going to go kill somebody today. I'm going out. I'm going to kill my matchup. I'm going to, you know, go out and be the best player on the floor. I'm going to put guys on my back. Like he's not really that type of, of player. I would take Jalen Green. Because I think he actually compliments Killian really nicely. Mm. I think their their mindset, 
the way they approach the game complements each other. Mm. There's good contrast there. Jalen's a guy that's going to go out and get buckets. Killian's mm. a guy that wants to go set somebody up for buckets. Mm. And Jalen, you know, we've we talked about him before on on the pod. Like he's got other aspects and and nuances to his game that he's more than just a scorer, but he has elite level athleticism. So you got a guy who can in Killian who's going to be able to run the break, make use of that athleticism. He's got a good defender in Isaiah Stewart backing him up. And I personally think that Jalen Green is a good defender. So uh, not to say he's a liability, he's going to need a good defender, but he's got the guy backing him up. Sadiq Bey fits super nicely playing off of him. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like, and you don't, this high in the draft, you don't draft for fit. But in this case, I think the best talent and the best fit is potentially Jalen Green. <sighs> hey, Corey, really quickly, I did want to say, with everything that you said about Killian Hayes, and I definitely vibe with everything that you're saying, are we getting to a point now where, because I, look, I'm a huge fan of KOC. I love Kevin O'Connor yeah, from The Ringer. Shots to The Ringer. But is KOC quietly becoming like king of the hot takes? Like he had Killian as his number one guy. We know his yeah. love affair with Pokashevsky. We know his love affair with Mo Bamba. You know, KOC comes off as a super analytical, super objective guy. But a lot of the takes that he's like dying on a hill for, a lot of them are like pretty hot. So I, I did want to acknowledge that. Well, I'm also dying with him on the Mo Bamba hill. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I thought Mo show. I thought ba- Mo, ba- Mo Bamba. Um, Showed a lot of signs at the end of the year when he finally got opportunity. It's hard. He yeah. played. He was playing behind Nick Vucevic, like the goat, <laughs> <laughs> the best center in Chicago Bulls history. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe Kim. I didn't mean it. Um, no, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, like uh, I, I think he's got. It was all about situation. I think now that like there's less all-star in front of him he's got more opportunity to shine but look a, a lot of draft twitter has fallen in love with poku and like if you go through some of these like redrafts he's now getting drafted so high and i'm and i'm like he shot like 30 percent from the floor like 20 percent mm-hmm. from three like he's theoretical still too like yeah i guess it's cool that he was able to do that in the nba and it's impressive but like and he had some big games, but like he, Oklahoma City was just like, go ahead, man, chuck it up, like go do it. Like he still doesn't like creating contact. It took him however many games to get to the free throw line. And then to me, that was the biggest thing that, like, because I after I watched him, I was like, wow, this kid does some really interesting stuff. But like, I was like, all right, but he also doesn't drive to the hoop. He's like afraid of contact in this league that looks like you or I could play in. Could we? Probably not. But like, that's what it looked like, you know, in this professional league. And he's still not getting to the free throw line. So it was like, dude, like, that's going to have change in the NBA. And then it didn't. And like, all right, when has he been a good three point shooter? Never. He's right. never been a good three point shooter. He's hunched over. He's got a quick release. I guess his follow through is okay. Like, his form is not pretty and he doesn't make shots. So, like, now all of a sudden, we're putting Poku in the 10th spot because every third behind the back pass actually lands in the shooter's hands instead of like out of bounds. Yeah. And then on top, like 
don't get me wrong. Maybe you draft him in that spot just for the McLovin uh, post game photo alone. And like, I get it, but also like, there's no guarantee. Like his frame is not great. Like he's narrow and like, I don't know that like there's so much to like, but like to think that there's like some under the hood, hidden potential to Poku, like there's nothing hidden. He's shown us what he's about. And I don't know. I, I don't see where he's going to get there. I don't see it personally, Corey, Corey, but a lot Corey, of draft I'm, Twitter, a, a, a lot I'm, of draft Twitter. Does. I imagine Poku is spending the off season on Google, like Googling stuff. <laughs> How much for HGH? How, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is this creatine stuff? Can I get some of that? Branch chain aminos? Oh, I, I need to get some. <laughs> Dude, this kid Pokushevsky's like, what, 45 pounds? He's like a he's like a like a freaking what is it, a barbell? This guy is so freaking skinny, dude. Like I it's hard for me to look at him and be like, dude, I hate sign me up for that guy. 180 pounds, seven foot four, want it. Want yeah. all that. Give me all that stuff. Get out of here. It's crazy <laughs> to me, dude. I, I, okay. Like, I don't want to hate on the people who like Pokoshevsky. He does some like spicy stuff, but I, not for me, dude. Way too skinny. I, I can't no. take that. Look, yeah. is there, I, I guess for me, like, and it, for a lot of these guys, it all comes down to expectation. Like, we think that this kid's going to be some like 20 point, 10 rebound six assist guy like i don't know i don't see like i think if that is what he's putting up like i don't think he's gonna have some like julius randall like renaissance where you're like impact like i think a lot of it's gonna be empty personally if he gets there it's gonna be like high volume because he's not a, a high free throw guy uh his passing truly truly gifted passer he really does have great vision and whips some some crazy stuff for a guy his size he really does but like if he's not going to do some other stuff, why do I want him doing it versus somebody else? Like say SGA. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> to me, you I get Ju- <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned Julius. Like, Hey, if he gets the braids, you know, maybe, <laughs> okay. Dude, maybe he needs the braid. He definitely needs like a better fade. Like, oh God. I, to me, like it feels like he's going to come back and have like a poly D like blowout. Like I, I don't know. He just, He's a wild card. Um, but yeah, so Jalen Green. Jalen Green yeah. for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but Jalen Jalen Suggs for the Pistons too, I, I think could work because a, another alpha personality, I think he he covers for for Killian as far as personality goes. Now you, you might say like both of those guys have iffy shots, even if they look okay sometimes, right? Um, but I think Jalen Suggs is just a guy like he does embody that Detroit basketball mindset right for all their successful teams he's a guy that truly is like one of the best leaders that you'll see at this age he's Mm -hmm. tough he has heart he fits well next to and in between all the guys that they have the same way but ultimately I don't think he has that same star level upside that Jalen Green does and and pick two I can't take Suggs there Mm. I know everyone loves Suggs, and I know there's so much to, but I can't take him at pick two. Um, and if, and I, yeah. It, I mean, if Detroit falls to like four, though, right, and they grab yeah. Suggs, then we're yeah. talking about 2021 Joe Dumars. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, 
Let's go. Look, he he defends. He playmakes. Yeah. He gets out. He'll get you out and and get you in transition. And like I said, he's got the dog, the the leader, the spirit, the fight that the, the backcourt needs because the backcourt needs somebody like that. Hmm. And I don't see that kind of attitude and mentality from Killian. So I think that Suggs or Green, you can, you know, you'd be happy with either. But to me, Green is their prize if they don't land the number one pick. Um, but you know, if they land Suggs, they land Mobley. I think that you know, you either one of those guys is a guy that you'll be happy with as well. Uh, I guess the the worst case scenario, right, is they drop to um, what the the they could technically drop to the six spot. Jesus, is that right? Holy crap! Yeah, according to Tankathon, they have a twenty percent chance to land in the sixth spot, twenty seven point eight percent chance to land in the fifth spot. Damn. So. Obviously, that's worst case scenario, but um, you know, you, there's still options there too. Like, you know, if they land in the sixth spot. Let me get some Davion Mitchell. Yeah, talk yeah. about a Detroit basketball guy, Davion. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. Um, land in the fifth spot. Oh, I I would hate for them to take Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Dumbayo, like. Not to say that they are super similar, but and Kuminga, I think, is much further along. Mm-hmm. But they have similar skill sets, and I don't know if Detroit has maximized it. Now he's young. Who knows? Maybe it's a him thing, not a, a organization thing. Maybe Kuminga, you know, would be able to come in and and you know play that kind of you know four ball. Uh, small ball four guy and, and learn from Jeremy Grant or what, but I don't know that to me seems like a disaster. And, and, you know, I've always said Kaminga needs to go to a spot that he's really going to be developed well and, and has a good roster that fits around him. And yeah. I wouldn't like that fit for Kaminga, but yeah, mark me in the Jalen green camp for, for Detroit. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just like, I kind of still like Mobley. But I mean, yeah, I, I like Mobley. I think your point, though, about them needing a star and Mobley, because like, OK, a lot of people are starting to talk about Mobley and like, the, you, you know, you get these questions like once a year, like, does this kid like basketball? Does he does he actually like the sport? Are they doing that with Mobley? Yeah, I, I've heard really? that a little bit. I think that's a little too far. No. Um, yeah. Uh, but in terms of him, really does. Exactly. But in terms of him being an alpha or not. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think Detroit definitely needs like a, a superstar superstar. And so, yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. Jalen Green would is probably the better choice. But I do think Mobley can play with Isaiah Stewart. So, like, 100%. it would be a sick front court. I just don't – I I think in this particular draft, like, Jalen Green is like a – he's going to pop for them. Like, he's going to he's gonna be the guy that is going to lead the franchise, hmm. personally. But I'm a Jalen Green guy, so what do I know? <laughs> Against the grain, away from consensus. <laughs> All right. That is going to be it for episode – two of on the clock our fast breakdown mm. shout out again associate credited producer joe Ragasa. all right guys um later on in the week we will have a new episode for you on a, another prospect so make sure you tune into that uh 
Albert, tell the people where they could find you as you haven't yet rebranded. Mm-hmm. We're we're in the lab right now. We're working, but for now, yeah. it's at Alberto Gim is my Twitter handle. Find me. Find him. Give him a spicy hot take or a regular take, and just engage with him on social media like a normal person. <laughs> and you can find me at the Hardwood Mag on Instagram and Twitter, and. The Hardwood Herald YouTube page is where you can go for clips of the show as well as the best scouting breakdowns on the entire internet. Until next week, that has been On the Clock. Peace. Peace.